the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You think God's up there in heaven right now enjoying my sermon? No, he's not. He's up there going, Dolly, I gave you the whole Bible. This is the best you can come up with. You think God's up there going, oh man, this is a great sermon. I dolly down there. You think God's thinking that? Do you think that impresses God? Or do you think what God wants is for you to come in here when he looks down and he sees thousands of people who've gathered, who got here on time, who sang the songs, who worship and praise. Don't you think that's what he's looking for? Good evening. I'm Kyle Welch, welcoming you to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. It is our mission to lift up the name of Jesus Christ so that the entire world might believe. It's why we are here every night, Monday through Friday on KKLA, to reach this city for Jesus Christ. We are glad you are joining us tonight. Dudley Rutherford is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church right here in Los Angeles, and we join him right now as he brings us tonight's message from the Word of God. I want to speak to you today on the subject of the glory of God. I want to talk first about God and His glory. And in your notes, I want you to write this word down. He is glorious. Glorious. Don't you love that word? Just say glorious. God is glorious. Oh, that's a good word. Psalm chapter 19, verse 1, the Bible says that the heavens declare, they declare the glory of God. The Bible says that the skies proclaim, whenever you see a sunrise or a sunset, the skies are proclaiming the work of His hands. Verse 2, the Bible says, Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. Verse 3 says, there is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Every tribe of every nation, every language group, every people group, every remote village and in every metropolitan city... The heavens declare the glory of God. The psalmist is not saying that creation proves God's existence, although it does. In the ancient world, most people already believed that a divine being existed. What the psalmist is saying is that creation and the heavens, the stars, are telling us something about God. They're telling us, they're speaking of his wonder. They speak of His beauty. They tell us of His majesty, His power. We see in the stars His grandness. I want you to write this down in your notes. 
Glory is the excellent essence of something that causes that thing to be praiseworthy. I'll give you an example. When you look at the color of a flower or you smell the aroma of a flower or you feel the softness of a petal, all those things cause us to praise a flower. It is the majesty of of the mountain. When you look at a mountain, the height of a mountain, the size and the scope of a mountain. When you look at the snow-capped peaks of the mountain, it causes us to stand back in awe of the mountain. Likewise, it is the character of God. It is the goodness of God, the sovereignty of God, the creativity of God. It is the love of God that causes us to want to praise God. In Exodus chapter 33, Moses is having a discussion with God, which is interesting in itself. God had tapped Moses uh, to be the one to lead uh, the Israelites out of bondage. And Moses is trying to explain to God... He's saying, God, they're not going to listen to me. I'm a nobody. They're not going to listen to me unless you show me your presence. If they see your presence as I have seen your presence, then perhaps they'll listen. Now, don't forget, it's the excellent essence of something that causes that thing to be praiseworthy. Moses says, show me your glory. Verse 19, the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. And when you see my goodness... When you see my goodness, you will know that it's me. And I will have mercy on whom I will show mercy. And I will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. In other words, what God is saying, when you see my goodness, you'll know that it's me. When you see my mercy, you will know that it's me. When you see my compassion, you will know that it's me. I want you to write this down. The word glory means character. And so if you see this phrase in the Bible, which is in there over and over and over, the glory of God, the glory of God, the glory of God, Define it as the character of God, the character of God. Glory means character, so the glory of God means the character of God. So when you understand his goodness, his character, his mercy, his grace, his power, his sovereignty, his holiness, you will then understand that he indeed is glorious. And you will also understand that he alone is worthy to be praised. And not only is he glorious, and not only is he worthy to be praised, I want you to write this down next. God created us just like he created the stars in the sky. He created us to declare his glory. You see, the reason God put you on this planet Why you have two legs walking on this planet, wherever you walk, your purpose is to reflect. Everybody say reflect. That's what it means to declare. It means to reflect his glory. Just like the moon uh, reflects the brightness of the sun. You look at a moon, the brightness is the brightness of the sun. The moon just reflects the brightness of the sun. And in the same way that the moon reflects the brightness of the sun, your job as a Christian is to reflect the character of God wherever you go. In your box, in your notes, there's a Latin phrase called soli deo gloria. Soli means solo or alone. Soli. Deo is God. Gloria is glory. And so this phrase, a Latin phrase, soli deo gloria, means to God alone be the glory. 
Now, there's another Latin phrase that most of us live by. We live by soli meo gloria, which means to me alone be the glory. We shouldn't be living our lives soli mea gloria. We should be living our lives soli dea gloria. I want you to say soli deo gloria. To God be the glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 15. Look at this verse. It says that he died. Who's he? Jesus. He died for who? He died for all. How many of you know Jesus died for everybody? Oh, he died for everybody. That those who live, how many of you are alive right now? Raise your hand if you're alive. And look around, if someone's not raising their hand, we need to call a paramedic right now. (laughs) So what does this verse say in 2 Corinthians? He died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but you should be living for him who died for them. Write this down. We're to be glory reflectors, not glory stealers. All right, whatever reflects, we're to be reflecting the character of God, the quality of God. How many of you ever looked up and you've seen the stars? You've seen them, you've seen them. Okay, now listen, when you look up and you see those stars, the stars are not saying this. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look. They're not saying that. The stars are saying, look at God, look at God, look at God, look at God. When you see the flowers of a field and you go out and you look at the flowers, the flowers are not saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. No, the flowers are saying, look at God, look at God, look at God. And next time you see the sun setting, you look out and you see the sky and you go, wow, and you got to take a picture. That sunset is not saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. The sunset is saying, look at God, look at God. This is the handiwork of Almighty God. That's what the sunset is saying. And in the exact same way, you as a Christian should not be on this earth saying, look at me, 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 look at me. You ought to be saying, look at God, look at God, look at God. You see any good in me, it comes from God. You see any righteousness in me, it comes from God. You see any holiness in me, it comes from God. You see any compassion in me, it comes from God. If you see anything in me, it comes from God. You should be saying, look at God, look at God, look at God. Let me move to the second half of this message and give you some practical biblical ways that you can glorify God here on this earth. And number one, write this down, is just verbally. With your vocabulary with the words that come out of your mouth. Some of you have a good vocabulary, some of you have a poor vocabulary, it doesn't matter. Whatever your vocabulary, use those words to glorify God. The Bible says in Colossians 3, verse 17, in word, everybody say in word. In word or deed, but in word, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. With your words, you can cut or you can encourage. You can profane or you can speak praise. You can uplift or you can discourage. You can build someone up or you can tear somebody down with just your words. The Bible says these words in Matthew chapter 12. It says that one day that every single man will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every word that has ever come out of your mouth. And so because of that, I want to encourage you to guard your heart 
Because it's out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. I want you to verbally say, Soli Dea Gloria. Say, Soli Dea Gloria. Say, praise God. Say to God, be the glory. Say, God, you're good. Say, God, you're holy. Say, God, you're worthy to be praised. Say, God, you're most worthy to be praised. Use your words to glorify God. David said these words in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. David is praying, and verse 10 says that David praised the Lord in the presence of the entire assembly. And here's what he said. Praise be to you, O Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Verse 11, yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and we praise your glorious names. And that is what we should be saying and that's what we should be doing. You ought to say that prayer every day before you go to work. Amen. Not just your words. Number two, we should be glorifying God with our good deeds. We saw in Colossians 3, in word and in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 5, verse 16 says, let your light, what? Shine before men that they may see your good deeds. They're going to see your good deeds. But they're going to praise who? They're going to praise your Father in heaven. There's something about the way you live your life that whenever people are looking at you and they see your character, they should be seeing the character of Christ. Dallas Willard said these words. He said, I need to live my life as he would live it if he were me. Imagine there's a movie and you're cast as the main character, all right? A major play, major show, and you're the main character. And in this particular movie, every time you walk in front of a mirror or any time you walk in front of a window, you look over and you don't see your face. You actually see the face of Jesus. Can you imagine how your behavior would miraculously change if you were constantly reminded in this manner to be more like Jesus? I dare say you'd be more loving, I dare say you'd be more caring. And by the end of that movie, I would say your performance would be Oscar-worthy. And you would no longer need a reminder that wherever you go, you are to remind people of Christ. Every single person who looks at your face should see the figurative face of Jesus Christ. Give God glory in word, in deed, number three, in your worship. Psalm chapter 29, verse 2, ascribe to the Lord the glory that is due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Psalm 150, verse 6 says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Let everything that hath breath, raise one hand and say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you something, and I might lose my job after this because... You'll know I'm not even needed around here. But the truth of the matter is, you coming to church and singing and worshiping 
and praying and taking the Lord's Supper and giving, a commu- uh, giving an offering and your heart and your voice and your hands, that is a thousand times more important than listening to a preacher preach. I want to ask you a question. Do you think God, think if you're God, you think God's up there in heaven right now enjoying my sermon? No, he's not. He's up there going, Dolly, I gave you the whole Bible. This is the best you can come up with. You think God's up there going, oh man, this is a great sermon by Dolly down there. You think God's thinking that? Do you think that impresses God, or do you think what God wants is for you to come in here when he looks down and he sees thousands of people who've gathered, who got here on time, who sang the songs, who worshiped and praised? Don't you think that's what he's looking for? I want to read this to you, Psalm chapter 96. It says, sing to the Lord a new song. Say new song. You ever get tired of singing the same song over and over and over again? You ever get tired of that? Some people do, some people don't. You think God ever gets tired of it? Man, you've been singing that same song for like a thousand years. And you come up with something new. I gave you all that creativity and you keep singing the same song. You sing it. The Bible says, sing to the Lord a what? A new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. Verse 4, for great is the Lord. He's not worthy to be praised. He's most worthy of praise. And he's to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are nothing but idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory that is due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts and worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness and tremble before him all the what? The earth. We're to, we're to give God glory through our worship. Number four, through our work. Through our work, Colossians 3, whatever you do, whatever your job is, I don't care where you work, work at it. Everybody say, work at it. And then say, with all your heart. With all your heart. As though you were actually working for the, listen, you know, you know your boss, the guy you don't like half the time? That's not who you're working for. He's not your boss. The Lord is your boss. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as though you are working for the Lord, not for men. Verse 24 says, since you know that you will receive an inheritance, your paycheck from the Lord as a reward. And then it says it right here. It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. Your workplace is your mission field. And when you realize that God is your employer you'll start to regain your passion for the job that you have. If you have a job, amen, 
There was a professor named George Palmer of Harvard who once told a story about a boy who was still laying in bed at 11 o'clock. It was almost lunchtime. And his mother calls the boy and says, son, aren't you ashamed to be lying in bed so late in the morning? And the boy replied, yes, mom, I am ashamed, but I'd rather be ashamed than get up and go to work. The Bible says in Proverbs 10, verse 4, lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring wealth. He who gathers crops in the summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps during the harvest is a disgraceful son. We need to realize that it's harvest time. And we need to go to work every single day and be the hands and the feet of Jesus in a lost and dying world. I don't care where you work. If you're a teacher, if you're a housewife, if you're a plumber, a realtor, a police officer, a grocery clerk, an accountant, you play basketball in the NBA, or you're running to be the president of the United States of America, you need to realize that God is your employer. And you need to get up every day, go to work, and be honest, and be kind, and be humble and be a person of integrity and finish the job and stop grumbling and be more loving and be more compassionate and be the best employee that company has ever had in the history of that company. Your job, write this down, is not your career. Your job is your calling. God put you there for a reason and a purpose, to be his light, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I went to see my tax man, and, and he sat there, you know, looking at his computer, just doing. And he can't see very well, so every piece of paper I give him, he's got to put it underneath the screen. He's, he's magnified. He's going to. All day. And I sat there for a couple hours. I finally looked over. I said, brother, I said, can I ask you a question? He goes, what? Do you love doing this? Like all day, every day? He looked up and he said, oh, I love doing this. I go, well, how can, you, how can you love doing this? He said, well, to begin with, it's the closest thing uh, you can do to practicing law without having to go to law school. And then he said, I get to hang out with my friends all day like you. And then at the end, you write me a check. And then he said, you know, he's a Christian. He says, I get to offer biblical counsel. I get to offer people hope. I get to teach principles of integrity. He says, I get to quote, he says, I get to quote biblical principles on finances. There's a man who goes to work every day and understands it's not a career. It's a calling by God that God put him there. That's how you need to look at your job. And as we close, you need to glorify God in everything. 1 Corinthians 10, you'll see this verse in your life group this week. And I want you to dig down. When you get to this verse, don't skip over it. Dig down deep. It says, so whether you eat or, imagine it, you're eating a Dorito. I don't care if you're eating a Dorito. Whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of who? The glory of God. We know that many are living in fear with the current events that are happening in our world. But God's Word is here to comfort us in these days of uncertainty. In John 14, 27, Jesus told His disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. If you are in need of prayer tonight, 
We have operators standing by and ready for your call. We are here for you and ready to support you with any prayer needs you may have. Call us right now at our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. Please know that we are here for you. We also want you to know that Pastor Dudley Rutherford has a monthly devotional that he'd like to share with you. You can easily sign up to receive this devotional by simply going to our website, liftupjesus.com, and clicking on a link at the top of the page that says Monthly Devotional. There is a place on the Monthly Devotional page where you can enter your name and email address and begin receiving Pastor Dudley's monthly devotions on a regular basis. It's that simple. This is just one of the many resources we offer on our website, liftupjesus.com. That website again is liftupjesus.com. I'm Kyle Welch, hoping you'll join us again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.